When we read the Bible, it's clear that God loves the world, all of it. In the book of John, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God desires that we, his church, would carry on Jesus' mission of transforming the world by sharing his love in word and deed to the ends of the earth. But how do we practically and effectively love the whole world when we are just one local church? When we launched Relevant Community Church, we felt God leading us to focus on one people group for our global impact ministry and to make as much of an impact on this one people group as possible. We asked God to show us a people group that we could engage both globally and here in Omaha. He led us to the Korean people from Burma. Well, something that I know about you is that anytime you see injustice, brokenness, evil, you just know something isn't right. You, you, you know something, something needs fixed. There, there's something intrinsically in all of us, regardless of where we're at in our spiritual journey or what we believe about God, that wants to make a difference in the world. And so when you see broken people, hurting people, people who are hungry and justice done to people, people who just can't help themselves, something instilled in you that wants to help, that wants to make a difference. Well, I, I really do believe that that is God's fingerprint on you. God God never intended there to be hatred and injustice and brokenness and evil in this world. And the reason we know something isn't right when we see it is because creator God, loving God, holy God, just God created us in his image. So we all intrinsically want to do something about it. But for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of our sins and leader of our life, something else starts to happen in us beyond that. Over time, we just don't want to help. We don't want to just help fix what's broken in the world. Over time, we start to have a desire to want to see the world transformed by God. We become burdened for people to come to know the love of Jesus. We become burdened for people to experience the life and hope and healing and salvation that is found in Jesus alone. We become burden for the kingdom of God to be ushered in into people's lives and into this world. I believe that happens because when we put our faith in Jesus, God's spirit, referred to as the Holy Spirit, takes residence in us. And what he does, he begins transforming us to care about the people and the mission that Jesus came for. We're burdened with it. But many of us never make an impact in this broken world because we don't know how to. Well, the great news is, is that making an impact in the world, it's, it's not just an individual endeavor. It's actually a together endeavor. It's, it's actually the ultimate purpose and ultimate mission of Jesus' church, of those who have put their faith in him, at, at least according to Jesus. Uh, Forty days after Jesus' uh, death and resurrection, he, he gathered his small community of followers together, his church together one final time before he physically ascended and left left this earth. And Matthew and Luke record Jesus' final words. And this is like his swan song. This is like as he gathers them together one final time, he says, I've saved the most important thing for last. This is the exclamation point. I'm saved this for last because I don't want you to forget this. And here were some of his last words. He says to them, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And by the way, they completely believe that because they saw him die and then rise again. And they're like, yeah, he has all the authority. All the authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go. And remember, he's talking to his church. He's not talking to an individual. He's saying, so go, all y'all, together, and make disciples, make other followers of Christ, of all nations, of other people groups, all throughout the world, baptizing them for them to publicly proclaim they put their faith in me, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, until the very end of the age. And by the way, just quick. Did you notice that according to Jesus, living for his mission and experiencing his presence, they're connected, they're dependent? Now, as he spoke this to them, they knew that Jesus, how Jesus would be with them and with us after he left was by his spirit, the Holy Spirit residing within us after we put our faith in him. However, at this point, Jesus hadn't sent his spirit to reside in anyone yet because he was still physically present. Well, Luke records an additional statement that Jesus made that Matthew didn't record. And it's recorded in Acts, Acts chapter 1. He says, Jesus is saying, but you, remember he's speaking to the church, not to just an individual, but you will receive power, power, power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He's saying, the same spirit that rose me from the dead will reside in you individually and together and will fill you with power individually and together. And because the spirit resides in you all, you will be my witnesses, my ambassadors, my sent ones in Jerusalem. That was their local community. In Judea and Samaria, and that was the surrounding areas. And to the ends of the earth. In short, the, the final thing that Jesus communicated before he physically ascended to his church was our ultimate purpose as Jesus' church, as his followers, is to carry on Jesus' mission. Jesus himself said that our heavenly, Father, our heavenly Father sent him on a mission to seek and save those who are lost. To, to, uh, th those who have a broken relationship with Holy Creator God because of their violation of sin against him. And that's you. And you and you and you and you and you and me and every single person. He, he said he came on a mission to restore and redeem and reconcile our relationship with him both in this life and in the next. And to transform us into everything he's created us to be right now. He said he came on a mission to transform the world by ushering in the kingdom of God, the peace of God, the hope of God, the justice of God, the healing power of God, the salvation of God. That's what Jesus gave his life on the cross for, and that's what Jesus rose from the grave to prove that only he can do. And right before Jesus physically left, the last thing that he said to his church, the last thing that he said to his followers is that your ultimate purpose is my followers. Your ultimate purpose is my, of my church is to be my body and carry on my mission individually and together. And the primary reason that I am sending my spirit to fill you individually and together is to give you power to be able to do that. So go. Go and impact the world for me. And Ralvin, this is so cool. Jesus has a divine purpose for us, for Relevant Community Church. Jesus has called us into existence to do our part in carrying on his mission of transforming the world locally and to the ends of the earth. And we must. We must not only because of what that means for the world, but also because of how we're impacted as individuals and as, an in, and as a church by it. The writers of the New Testament promise that when we live for Jesus' mission, we then experience Jesus' presence and power. But how? I mean, how can we possibly transform the world. I mean, how can we possibly carry on Jesus' mission to the ends of the earth and all nations? I mean, we're just one church. Well, the reality is, is we, relevant, aren't called to do it all. 
It's not even possible. Like we're one small local church. But we are called to do our part as the body of Christ. And that's why at Relevant, we've chosen to have a laser focus on one people group. And the people group we're focused on going to the ends of the earth for are the Korean people. At Relevant, we are for the Korean people from Burma. Or some of you might refer to it as Myanmar. Just to give you a quick overview of who the Korean people are, the Korean people have been in civil war with the Burmese army for 70 plus years. The Burmese army has invaded the Korean villages, burned them down, raped the women, kidnapped the the kids, and killed the men for over 70 years. Thousands upon thousands of Korean people have abandoned their homes and villages and fled Burma to save their lives. Many of them have ended up as refugees, many on the Thailand side of the border and many others on, throughout other parts of the world. As a matter of fact, there's 6,000 Korean refugees that live here in Omaha, which is one of the reasons we feel that God has called us to be for them. The injustice, the darkness, the evil against the Korean people over the last 70 plus years, it's, it's unfathomable. And that's not the way God intended it to be. That's why we are for the Korean people. Listen, if you're new to Relevant, you've got to know that God is called Relevant to help the Korean people be transformed by helping usher in God's kingdom with them. God has called us to help transform the lives and the communities of Korean people, both on the Thai-Burma border and in Omaha by relentless ushering in the love of God, the hope of God, the peace of God, the healing power of God, the kingdom of God by relentlessly ushering in the good news of Jesus. And I believe something crazy. I truly do believe that together we can help, we can help the Korean people be transformed. I believe if we all If all of us are relentless about being for the Korean people, God will use us to help transform them into everything he's created them to be and bring life and joy and healing and and peace into their lives and into their communities. And that would be nothing short of divine. But we can't do it ourselves. So we've partnered with a few different organizations to make a bigger impact together than any of us could alone. And if you've been a part for relevant for any period of time, you know that one of our strategic partners is an organization on the Thai Burma border called Outpour Movement, which was started and led by Ray and Candace Ward. And this is a special Global Impact Sunday because we were able to get the Wards to be here with us today. So, church, please give a huge welcome to Ray and Candace Ward. What's up? Hi. Thank you, guys. Brother, good to see you. Get in here. Get in here. Get Bring in it in here. tight. Come on. Oh, guys, uh, the last time we physically saw each other face to face was I was in I was in Thailand. I was in we were in Burma together, and so uh, I know it's a little more chilly here in Omaha than it was when we were sweating over there. But man, it's so good to see us. Real, real quick, just just tell. Uh, everyone about yourselves, about where you're from, married, kids, etc. Just, just who you are. Yeah, well, Ray and Candace Ward, um, just ordinary folks uh, from Western Colorado, and we've been married since 1999. We met in '98, and we've been doing ministry ever since, um, in one, one, one way or another. And um, yeah, God called us into the mission field, and um, we have two beautiful daughters. One is 20 now. Oh my gosh, it's crazy to even yeah. think about 20-year-old. Um, her name is Miley, and we have a 10-year-old 
Yep, 10-year gap. Her name's... <laughs> that was wise. <laughs> Her name's Tiana, and um, yeah, we all do this thing together. We're uh, excited to be here with you guys. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, you guys packed yourselves up, packed your family up, and you moved, permanently moved to the Thai-Burma border to start what you now call Outpour. Uh, when did you move there to start Outpour? Why did you move there to start it? And what is the mission of Outpour? Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we started actually going to Thailand in 99. So we kind of had this back and forth for a few years. Then we moved uh, permanently in 2006 with our daughter, Miley, at the time. And uh, we kind of did that because we had formed sweet relationships with indigenous ministers that we wanted to just serve alongside of. And um, as, as that has progressed, actually relationships has been the thing that has guided us all through this. Who knows that relationships are holy? Relationships are holy. And so that has been kind of the thing that we have, we have had uh, with them. And th these ministers were planning churches. They were doing humanitarian work in villages. And we just kind of came to uh, serve and do the grunt work that was needed to be done. And as we did that in that service, uh, just over time, we were able to kind of form a vision for Outpour, what we call Outpour Family Foundation now. And um, with that, we were... Uh, able to uh, start sustainable businesses, which was a really big need uh, for job skills training for refugees who are coming uh, out of the jungle and into the city of Mesot. And then we were able to have orphan care, and we started a church planner movement as well. All of this guided through relationships, all of this through relationships with beloved indigenous people. And um, we've seen so many people come to know Jesus and become the pillars of their communities. So awesome. Well, we, we originally met in 2017 when we were on a trip over to the Thai-Burma border. We loved what you guys are doing to love and serve and impact the Korean people. And so we're like, we've got to start a partnership with Ray and Candace and Outpour. Um, since starting Outpour... What are the, some of the things just that you guys have seen God do over the many years since you started? And what, what's some of the impact God has done through you and through Outpour? Yeah, when we first started going there, we were actually, like Hannah said, we just worked with Korean pastors. And they had a huge heart to see uh, villagers and villages and high mountain areas of Thailand and Myanmar come to know the Lord. Uh, these villagers were, uh, you know, previously plagued with animistic Buddhist, witchcrafty type leadership in their villages. So they were um, oppressed and living uh, kind of at the mercy of these witch doctors. So when we were in the villages sharing the gospel, you know, the, the light came into their lives and God was working on their hearts and so awesome. he was bringing truth into their lives and healing people. And we just saw people raised from the dead. We saw people who were plagued with illnesses forever healed and freedom come to, to these people. So we were, we, we've seen complete villages, 100% uh, come to know the Lord. And then they are disciples now. So they're going into other villages and planting churches and, and sharing the gospel all across Thailand and Myanmar. So it's, it's been awesome. So amazing. And talk a little bit about, I know that, you know, even you just had a heart for young people and seeing these young people uh, just hurting and lost and without parents and them need, talk a little bit about just even just starting the businesses to try to train and teach these young people to 
to basically go be healthy adults. Yeah, as, as we were planting churches, mainly on the Thai side, uh, we definitely heard about the conflict that was going on in Myanmar, and God broke our hearts for young adults and kids that were caught up in the conflict. And we, you know, God's breaking our hearts for what breaks his, right? So he led us to start a children's home, and we started asking, he started asking us the question, because we, we were making plans for our kids, you know, what's their future going to look like? And yeah. it, really, it really, he started breaking our hearts for the kids, saying, so what? Are you going to dedicate your lives to see them have a future, a healthy future like you would your own kids? And that's when we started up in the training centers, um, restaurants, coffee shops, sewing center. And it, it really gave when these kids were of age, you know, 15, 16, 17, they, they could come over and help out and learn job, uh, tr- you know, job skills training. And eventually when they were in their 20s, they became the managers and they started running the, so awesome. the, the businesses so they were able to a lot of them have been able to move on and do even greater things yeah. so it's, it's so amazing cool. you guys and let me just tell you these two like they're legit uh the last time that uh we were there the team of three of us went and i'm we're literally sitting right like they're just connected and they know some dangerous people and we're sitting in this like generals army generals hut with guns all around us, basically pointing at us, and this guy, dude, this dude's on like as cool as the other side of the pillow. And then I ended up in like a Honda Accord later that day, in the back seat with two dudes with guns next to me. Like we're in the middle of nowhere, and I am pooping rice out. And this guy is just like, this is no big deal, just another day at the office. I mean, legit of what these guys are doing. And uh, I'm just so grateful for you guys. One of the one of the ways that we that relevant are really focused on helping being for the Korean people is through church planning, helping start new churches and unreached um, communities within Korean State. And this is one of the reasons why we partnered with you guys, why we partnered with Out, uh, Outpour. Uh, a few years ago, you guys started doing a Burma Church Planner Conference to equip and, and send pastors to plant churches both in Korean State within Burma and all throughout Burma. Uh, not long after you started it, we started helping just lead and facilitate the training for those pastors. So just let everyone know, like, when did you start doing the conferences? Why did you start doing them? What's the purpose of them? How have you seen God work through these? Yeah, that's been an, another uh, following of relationship, you know, knowing, knowing these uh, ministers that we love and care for and their, their desire, their heart to see their people transform, their desire to plant churches and, and to do all of that is really what led us into that effort. And um, it was amazing to, uh, to see them begin to gather the people that they could identify that were the ones they said, oh, this person would be a wonderful church planner. They need the resources. They need to be sent. And um, just to kind of follow along with that and see such incredible things happen. We started in uh, 2018, and uh, that was the first one. It was on our campus, and that was really, really a beautiful thing for our campus to host that. And for even the young people of refuge and of the uh, sewing center and, and the restaurant to come together and to be a part of that conference as well was really like this beautiful community thing happening. And one, one beautiful purpose that we could not have seen from the outset was that uh, this, this effort has gathered people from every corner of Myanmar and has gathered people across ethnic barriers that would have been really strong barriers just a few years ago and denominational barriers as well. And we are seeing people work 
interdenominationally, interethnically, in a way that is bringing such reconciliation. As Ronnie said earlier, 70 years of civil war creates deep barriers between people. And the beautiful work of reconciliation that is happening right now in that nation is that people who would have been at war with each other, who literally would have been oppressor and oppressed, have laid down those titles and have become brother and sister in Christ, and they are leading in a spirit of forgiveness. Can we learn from them? Yes, we can. So it's just a fantastic, amazing thing, and um, that has been beautiful to see them as well disciple one another because, you know, we're, we're really just the facilitators of this, and it's them doing that work, and then them encouraging one another to do that and raising up their own disciples and forming their own internal connections, which them, then encourage them forward on their own. So, yeah. and I know it's... Like when we hear conference here, we think, oh, it's a two-day conference, and we all sat in rows, and that's you got to get that picture out of your mind. Like basically, what this conference is is these potential pastors come in, and we do this conference twice a year. They commit to it for two years to come twice a year, and some people travel eight days to get there. Like this is, and so throughout those two years, they receive training, equipping to go out and start it, uh, start a church in very remote places all, all throughout Burma. Uh, so since starting the, the conference, how many pastors have been sent out? How many churches have been planted? How many people do you think maybe have put their faith in Jesus? Just, and this is amazing, guys. Just hold on to your hats here. This, is, this has been incredible because 72, there's 72 active church planners who have planted 140 churches and villages all around Myanmar and have raised up 50 more disciples that are going out to plant churches as we speak. I just got that word yesterday. So it's, it's been amazing. People are getting, you know, giving their lives to the Lord and they're getting baptized and it's, there's a movement that's happening. Yeah. You guys, since 2018, when it started and we started helping lead and facilitate these 70 pastors have been sent out, sent out and we've helped start 140 churches throughout Burma. Like that's crazy. Like this is nuts. It's thinking yeah. awesome. And I know I asked you this before, but it's hard, impossible to know how many people have been reached for Jesus. You, you said thousands. Oh, yeah, thousands. It's, it's hard to say. A lot, of these, uh, a lot of these pastors are in remote villages, so the reports are thousands are giving their, their lives to Jesus. So, so amazing. Awesome. Yeah, they don't do spreadsheets and hand in key metrics. We try like, our best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, uh, it's so amazing. Un unfortunately, we've had to kind of put a temporary halt on doing the church planner conference right now because the Thai-Burma border is shut down because of the current military coup in Burma. And so these pastors can't get uh, back and forth across the border. I, I, I can't wait to get these started again. I know you especially can't wait to get these started again, hopefully soon, so we can continue to work together to help equip and send pastors to start new churches throughout Burma. Just real quick, if you're new to Relevant, one of the things you need to know about us is one of our visions by 2030 is to start five partner churches and unreached villages within Korean state, which basically means with the two years that they're a part of the, uh, the these Korean pastors would be a part of this conference that we would identify five, five of those pastors, build relationships with them during those two years. Then we'd physically and financially help them start the church and then physically and financially support that them and that church long term. Uh, Relevant, this is going to be uh, one of the primary ways that God is, really is going to use us as a church to help uh, Korean people be reached and transformed by Jesus in Burma in the future. Um, an another way that we, that Relevant, are focused on being for the Korean people is through orphan care. 
because of the persecution of Korean, the Korean people have experienced by the Burmese government, many, many, many children have ended up orphaned. Uh, we are committed to ensure that every Korean orphan on the Thai-Burma border is loved, is fully cared for, and has hope because of Jesus. And this is why we're partnered with Safe Haven Orphanage. You've heard us talk about Safe Haven before, which is, is just a couple hours north of where, of where uh, Outpour is, where Outpour is stationed, and they've developed a relationship with Tosney, who leads Safe Haven Orphanage. And it's another reason why we partnered with Rain Candace, why we partnered with Outpour. Um, you guys started and operate an orphanage called The Refuge. Uh, tell us about the refuge, why you started it, what your vision is for it, how, and how God used it to, to impact the lives of Korean orphans that you, the Korean orphans you guys have cared for. Yeah, uh, so the refuge began in Mela refugee camp, and um, it was another uh, holy relationship that uh, we formed with a young man. His name was Hebrew, and it was a young man that God highlighted to Ray, and he was... Uh, rough around the edges, so it t- took me a little bit, bit of convincing. He was a little bit of a punk kid, but uh, he has become just this incredible man of God, and he moved into the refugee camp as a Thai citizen. He did not have to be there. He's Karen Thai, and uh, he moved into the refugee camp to uh, minister to his own people there, and he saw that many times um, as young people would come in, family clusters or uh, siblings or people from the same area, they would get separated and, and cut into other houses and not be able to stay together in community. And he wanted to provide that type of an opportunity for people to have that connection remain. And also he he was seeing that in the villages in Myanmar, uh, a huge number of kids were being forced into being child soldiers. And that is a huge issue that continues in Myanmar. And he wanted to see kids have an opportunity of an education and to find hope in Jesus and to not get caught up in that life. And then he also saw that in Mela camp, there was a kind of an ending of resources for kids that were over the age of 10. So he's seeing these youth kind of like fall into the cracks and get caught up in Thailand in the refugee camp into drugs and gangs. And he at a wa- super young age. At a super young age. Yeah. yeah. And so he, that was his desire uh, to create a safe place for, for these kids. And so that did start in Mela refugee camp. And um, fast forward to now, Hebrew is married. He has three kids. And the refuge is now in Mesot, uh, and it's about 100 yards from the school that all the kids go to. And it's just been amazing um, to see these uh, young men and women come through this program because it's been in existence for about 12 years. So we've had about 45 kids come through the program. And these are kids that have, you know, put their faith in Jesus. They've developed a strong faith. They're disciples now. They are uh, the missionaries that are going out to actually often back to their own villages to uh, reach people for Christ. They are, they've become journalists. They've become medical professionals. We have teachers. We have these incredible young men and women who are the next generation of the gospel. Who didn't have a hope in Jesus and didn't have a future before they went to the refuge. Just amazing. Uh, What's crazy is as awesome as that is, as big as that is, a few years ago, God kind of expanded your vision and gave you uh, a vision to expand your care for orphans on the Thai-Burma border through what you are going to call the safe house. Tell us about what the safe house will be and what your vision is for it. 
as you can imagine, uh, just with civil war and oppression on the border, if you can picture that, there is a huge problem with families that can't take care of their children in Myanmar. So uh, mothers often come to the clinics on the Thai side of the border and deliver babies and then leave. It's hard to imagine that, but it happens. And we've kind of, God's broken our heart for that. And our team has increased. And um, and our, our team is also you know, their hearts are broken for the same thing. There's a, there's a problem with abandoned children. So um, we actually started uh, taking kids in, and then also um, we started working with the Thai government, Family Protective Services and Child Protective Services, to, um, to see safe places for these kids to go. And God's challenged us to open up a safe home, a uh, safe home for these kids. And we're actually working with the Thai government right now to, to ensure that that happens. So um, you guys are a part of that. You guys are a part of joining with us together to see that this, these kids have a safe place to come and stay. And our, our heart and our hope is that we find forever families for these kids, families that can take care of them, love them, share the gospel with them, and raise them in, in Christian families. That's the heart. So, yeah, because, yeah. you know, the refuge is like, the orphanage, they come, they're there long-term. The safe house is really, hey, they come, this is a safe place that, which didn't, or, you know, foster care and, and uh, yeah. none of that exists none over there. Existed. You guys work with the Thailand government to actually make this possible yep. for these Korean refugees that come over yep. and that they can actually be adopted into safe and loving families and share the gospel with them as you do it. Yeah, the, the, organ, the government's telling us, asking us when. When is it going to be finished? When yeah. is it going to be finished? That's crazy. So it's, it's, it's encouraging that we're all working together for the same common good. You so know? amazing. And that, I mean, in a government that's super corrupt, right? And still yeah. just like, hey, this is needed, and we're looking to a Christian organization to get it done. That's it's right. unbelievable. You know, for these huge visions God laid on your heart, both for the refuge, for the safe house, to become a reality, it, you guys knew it was going to require something that's extremely hard to come by on the Thai-Burma border, which is a large chunk of land, um, you know, one piece of land that you're like, hey, we want to relocate the refuge to, to make bigger, to make better, to make safer, and also to build the safe house on as well. Uh, but what really can only be described as an act of God, in 2021, you guys were able to acquire 10 acres of land on the border, uh, which is amazing and a huge answer to prayer. Uh, however, it created a good problem. And the good problem it created is you now knew you needed, and this was before inflation went crazy, you now knew you needed somewhere between two hundred dollars and $250,000 to actually, you know, move the refuge there, build the facility for the refuge, and build uh, the safe house. Last year, you told us about the need, and we said we would help make sure that it happened. And in November, during our annual Be Rich initiative, I presented that vision and that need to you. And Relevant, you guys responded generously by, you know, giving, it was the largest Be Rich offering we ever had. And because of the, our Be Rich offering in November, we were able to send Ray and Candace an outpour, $150,000 this year to help build the refuge and the safe house. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Woo! So we're excited to hear, update us on the progress, update us on what's going on with this. 
Yeah, okay, so we have 10 acres, uh, it had sugarcane on it, so we cleared the land of sugarcane, and before that, it was a rice paddy. So if anyone knows anything about rice growing, rice paddies are built to flood seasonally. Bad <laughs> so, for buildings. Yeah, bad, bad, bad for buildings. For buildings. Yeah. <laughs> so we have began uh, the massive uh, dirt work that it takes to uh, get the foundations prepared for buildings. So that has already been taking place. And then right now is the rainy season. So the way that construction works kind of in Thailand is that you do some dirt work, then you wait for the rain to come and pack that down into the ground. And then uh, hopefully in the fall, we're looking to start by bringing in power, water, septic systems, and all of that infrastructure to this area, because this is also an area that's a little bit off the track. It's actually, you know, God's incredible will to keep us placed with refugees. There's kind of a refugee community around in this area living there just in rustic huts and things like that. So actually the act of bringing those utilities to our property will elevate that entire area. So it's just a a huge blessing. I just wanted to add one thing too about the kids that we're talking about who come, uh, their mothers give birth in Thailand from Myanmar. Those kids are considered stateless. And in Thailand, they do not have rights as Thai citizens. So this is uh, another piece of that. That's why we keep talking about identification, citizenship, things like that. These are, these are resources that these kids desperately need in order to uh, not become preyed upon and in order to uh, be able to have like a flourishing life. So Yeah, relevant. I, I'm so proud of you. you. I mean, all of us helped make what they just shared possible and the pictures that you saw up there possible and all of us have helped ensure that orphans have been cared for and loved and Jesus has been shared with them and it's going to continue this next year and beyond in huge ways uh, and so I'm so proud of you there there's still a long way to go for your guys enormous visions for refuge and safe house to become a reality and I can't wait to see all these this get finished soon and what God does and you guys just have to know we are here to help. We are going to ensure, we're by your side, we're going to ensure that this happens. Thank you, guys. Um, so, guys, anything else just that you'd like to share uh, with Relevant or anything you just want to say to Relevant? Thank you guys so much for just being a part of what's going on halfway around the world and what you guys are doing to, to support people in need. We couldn't do what we do without you guys. And I just love the way that you guys love the Korean. You guys love the Korean and the way that we love the Korean. And even um, just seeing the worship today being sung and I'm just kind of brought me to tears because I just feel like we're, we're one together. And uh, be excited and encouraged because you guys are making a huge impact in Thailand and Myanmar. So thank you. Yeah. I like to say um, I, f- I feel love when I see people loving the people that I love. And I feel very loved today. I feel very blessed today because you love who I love. So thank you. And this is, this is not just from us. We represent wonderful, amazing staff, who both indigenous and Western. And this is their thank, thank you to you as well. And so I just want to say thank you for making us all feel loved by loving the people we love. Yeah. Guys, it's, it's truly an honor to be partnered with you and to be a small part of a huge thing that you guys are doing halfway across the world. I want to pray for you before you leave, but just hang out there for a quick second because I just want to talk to to you guys real quick. I I said before, I truly do believe that together we can help the Korean people be transformed. 
if all of us are relentless about being for the Korean people, God will use us to help transform them and everything he's created them to be and bring life and hope and peace and joy and justice and healing into their lives and their communities. If we're all relentless. So here's my question for you. How can you engage to help impact the Korean people? If we're all relentless, you guys, this can happen. Transformation can happen. So how can you engage to help the Korean people? There's many different ways. But I want to close by inviting you to engage in today in three specific ways. The, the, first, in, the first way is an invitation that all of us can do no matter what. And it's very simple. And that is to pray fervently. Listen, we can do a lot of work with our hands. But transformation is a work that only God can do. So we need to pray. I want to invite you to begin pray, praying fervently for the wards, for outpour, for these church planners in, in Burma, for Korean people to be reached for Jesus on the border, for peace in Burma, for Korean orphanage both at the refuge and at our other partner Safe Haven Orphanage. The second way is also an invitation for all of us and that we can all do and that is to give generously. Uh, give generously at relevant weekly monthly. We can only do what God has called us to do as a church when all of us are giving generously, consistently. But I'll, I want to encourage you to give above and beyond that, to give and be above and beyond that to the Be Rich offering in November. If you're new to Relevant, this is an offering we take once a year where we ask 100% of people to give and we our promise is we give 100% of it away to our partners. Uh, everything that was shared today is only possible because of the Be Rich offering. None of that stuff gets shared without, without the Be Rich offering. Uh, and the more that we are able to give in the future, the more we can help our partners go further, faster. And you can start planning now. It doesn't matter your age. Like start putting a little bit aside every week and every month so that when this offering comes in November, you can give above and beyond to it. The third way is an invitation. I believe that God is definitely prompting some of you to take. And that is to join the team and serve sacrificially. As some of you were listening today, you don't even know why, but you were feeling a prompting. You were feeling a stirring in your spirit to just get more involved and somehow impact the Korean people on the border, Thai Burma border, and here in Omaha where 6,000 Korean refugees live. Listen, I believe that is God prompting you. I believe that is him stirring you. So if that's you, I want to invite you to follow Jesus and take a next step of joining the Global Impact Team. And we've made this next step very, very simple. Tomorrow, 6 p.m., right here at the Relevant Center, we're having a Global Impact Information Dinner. And at the dinner, we'll talk about the different ways that you can engage on the team and help us as a local church make a bigger impact with the Korean people, both locally and globally. You can see on the screens right now the way you can sign up for that. You can scan the QR code. Or you can email Corey at Corey at RelevantCommunity.org and he will uh, uh, give you the information. You're not committing to anything by signing up for the dinner tomorrow night. All you're doing is coming to the dinner and hearing uh, information about ways to engage. And you can choose to do that at that time or not. Listen, guys, if we all choose to pray fervently, to give generously, and for those of us who feel a stirring in our spirit today to get more involved, if, we took, if you took that next step together, we would take a huge step toward living our purpose of carrying on Jesus' mission. Together, we would truly help the, the, the Korean people be transformed by helping usher in God's kingdom with them over the next year. Together, we would experience Jesus' presence and power more because that's what happen, happens when Jesus' church is relentless about living for his mission. So let's do it.
Let's do what we are called to do. Rain Candice, I'm, I'm so grateful that I get to call you my friends. Uh, I'm grateful that I have now got to spend time with you both in Omaha and in Thailand and Burma. I feel safer here, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and uh, we are so grateful for you guys and what you're doing. And um, as I said before, we're going to do everything we can as a church body to ensure that this, this baby is gets done and impacts thousands and thousands of, of Korean, repu- Korean lives. And so I, I, I don't want to let you guys go without praying for you. And so if some of you have never done this before, I realize this might be a little bit weird for you, but whatever. Do it at home too. We want to make you feel weird as well. Uh, so if you just wouldn't mind extending your hand toward Ray and Candace and praying with them as I pray for them. Dear Lord, I thank you for my friends. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in them and through them. Thank you for the thousands and thousands of people who have been reached for you, Jesus, because of them, for the thousands of people who have been given hope and peace because of what you've done through them and their team. Lord, um, I pray you continue to fill them with your courage and your wisdom. Lord, I pray you continue to use them powerfully. Lord, I pray the same thing for their team uh, who's over there right now working relentlessly hard to continue this forward today. Um, Lord, and we pray for every current life who is touched. God, I pray that they come to know you, to find their hope in you. We pray that you bring healing to their minds and their hearts and their families and their communities. Um, God, we pray that 10 years from now, as we look back, we continue to say, wow, we saw God do what only God could do as we did what only we can do. Um, Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for our friends, the wards. In Jesus' name, amen.